Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Suzanne Horstman. She is the Director of Home and Community Options in Winona, Minnesota. Suzanne, why don't you go ahead and start by explaining what Home and Community Options is? Sounds perfect. Home and Community Options is a nonprofit organization in Winona. We serve individuals that are in Winona County, and we've been here for about 40 years. And the individuals we serve typically have a developmental disability or a related condition. Okay. Um, what uh, what services are you providing to the mostly developmentally? Uh, what, how did you um, phrase that? Developmentally, you didn't say disabled. 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 Okay. Yep. Um, we provide um, two main pockets of services. Um, our residential services are probably what most people think of when they think of um, services to individuals with disabilities, um, and that would be what they used to call group homes and we have 21 homes in our area and most of those homes have four to six individuals living in them and we provide 24-hour care in those homes. Um, The other type of service that we provide is what we call our support services and what most people don't understand is that that is really our um, go-to is it's where we provide the most of our services and we provide Um, services in that area to 138 individuals. And those are services for individuals that are living in their own apartment and or maybe they own their own home um, and need just a little bit of care throughout the week to make sure that they are able to um, just maintain a safe living. We may help them with their money management or going to a doctor's appointment or purchasing healthy groceries. It may be a child that we go into the family home and we're, we're helping that family with that child with um, physical therapy exercises or helping the family so they can have a little bit of a break so they can spend time with their other children. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of work. Uh, how well staffed is HCO? Well, right now we have about 350 employees. We are constantly looking for more and um, staffing has really become probably our most critical issue. Uh, The workforce shortage in Minnesota is really problematic to providing good care in the health and human service fields. I didn't know we had a workforce shortage. Maybe that's because I'm not in the workforce. Yeah. Well, it's great if you're looking for a job. It's not so great if you're trying to provide support to people. Sure. Um, Right now, they have indicated that there's about a 3% um, workforce available in Winona, and that's probably the lowest it's been in many, many years. Um, And usually when they say when it's below four, you are at a point where um, you've really tapped into anybody that's available to work. The, The People that are left to work are individuals that don't want to work. They don't need um, to be employed or are um, what they consider unemployable. So um, when we're looking for a a workforce to to wrap around individuals that need some um, pretty specialized care, you really struggle. Sure. Um, So describe for me what developmentally disabled means in this context. Um, it's a it's a wide variety. Typically, um, the the condition that we serve is individuals with an IQ of 70 or less, which means an individual could be um, fairly independent. They 
could have um, completed high school or maybe even taken some college courses. But um, there's a, a lack of um, knowledge in certain areas of their life or ability to understand certain areas. So they may need support. Two individuals that are very, very much in need and have um, physical and um, mental capacities where we're providing food, um, providing cares to administer feeding tubes and high medical needs as far as caring for their person, bathing, toileting. Um, we provide support to a number of individuals that also um, are autistic. And then we run into um, working with individuals with some very challenging behavioral needs and really making sure that we have employees that can provide the assistance that they need. And then in a lot of cases, you are actually allowing people who otherwise wouldn't be able to to function in what I would say is a home-like setting. They're, they're independent, but with help. Is that... Absolutely. Um, you know, we look back at 40 years ago when our mission started, most of the individuals that um, we would be working with would either have been living in institutions or living in the family home and um, they weren't integrated into the schools or um, employed. And what we're really excited about is of those individuals that are of employment, employment age, um, most all um, and I, we're usually sitting somewhere between 95 and 100 percent of our, our individuals that can work are working and um, really contributing members of our community. What kind of jobs do you place them in? Could be a, a variety. Um, some of them are you'll see them at the courthouse, maybe doing cleaning. Some of them are at the movie theater and assisting with um, tickets. There are individuals that are working at our local grocery stores, but there's also individuals that need more support that would be working at one of our two day programs that we have in town. And um, they would need more hands-on support and they may um, be working like in a laundry facility or they may be working um, piecework, um, sitting at a, at a table with um, some hand-over-hand support. Sure. Wow. Okay. So HCO has been around for 40 years. How long have you been there? I am on my 27th year now. So I've been here for a little bit and have had a really unique opportunity because I started, you know, as I came out of college and started working, um, I guess, while I was in college as a direct support professional and have um, just continued to embrace this mission and have fallen in love with this agency. What is your uh, your background? When I was at um, Winona State, my studies were in therapeutic recreation and social work. Um, but what we find with our individuals that um, we hire, we often hire teachers because so much of what we're doing is teaching skills. We also hire, all, um, obviously, social workers, but a lot of nursing um, st students and individuals that are coming in um, with recreation or um, medical type backgrounds. Sure. And I assume with as many employees as you have, there are a bunch of departments to fill in too. Yes. Um, 
we have um, different divisions and each division um, really has some areas that they specialize in and um, always looking for a variety of employees that want to um, come in and and give it a try. We have um, many positions where people can come in and just, you know, um, be trained on the job as well as more of the, you know, the higher end professional positions. All right. So 27 years ago, how many employees were there when you started? Oh, you're going to ask me a question that I'm not very sure about. <laughs> but I can remember going to the Christmas parties and us being able to sit at a couple tables. So, um, so not it, it 350. Was, <laughs> no, I would say there probably was, you know, 100 employees at that time, if, if, if that many, probably far less than that many. Um, but so it has grown a lot Um Within the last probably ten years, especially, um, we've we've seen um, different opportunities and ways that we can provide support to people. So, outline for me what was your path from fresh out of college to director of the organization? Um, well, I had worked as that the part time um, staff person. Um, getting my hands right into the, the direct care and providing support to individuals that lived in their own homes and um, many children that were living with their families. After a few years of um, doing that, I um, took a full-time position as a counselor and I worked with primarily adults at that point and they were living independently but needed support in just a few areas of their life. So it was going to a lot of medical appointments and sitting down and doing budgeting with individuals and um, helping them understanding what their rights and what their responsibilities were. Sure. I um, was in that position for about 10 years, and then I took a position as a supervisor of two residential programs and the residential programs, it was, it was a new kind of a mix for me to, to provide 24-hour care um, in that type of setting and getting to know kind of what it was like to be a supervisor. Shortly after that, I guess two or three years after that, I took a position in human resources and got kind of another picture of the agency in um, more of the, in the employment part of uh, of the agency. And um, the last five years, I've been working as the executive director. It sounds like a lot of basic, basically lateral moves at a point and then a, a jump to, I, I guess, once you had enough experience, you knew the whole organization. Yeah, it, it was really... Um, all of, all of the pieces fit together beautifully for me because I had an opportunity to um, work with maintenance and getting an idea of where all of the properties were. And I had an opportunity um, to, to help, you know, look into the technology end of things. And one of the um, beautiful things about the agency is that there is so much um, room for, for growth and learning about different parts of the agency it's encouraged so much that you are able to to get a, a picture of the, the full organization if you um, have that desire so you mentioned technology one of the cool things that you're doing now that i'm quite sure you were not doing 27 years ago is uh, kind of a remote support 
Yes, a remote monitoring system. Um, Home and community options is one of the few in the state, and I believe there's less than a dozen that are um, providing remote monitoring. So we have um, remote technology within a residential site, so we don't need overnight supervision in those homes. And we have three homes that are set up like that right now. And it um, is such a wonderful opportunity for our individuals to gain more independence and um, kind of move from living with that 24-hour support to that next natural stage where they are getting a little more independence and um, still have the security of get, having help readily available if they need it. What kind of, uh, uh, what's in the house that makes it possible to monitor? Well, the houses can be set up depending on what the individual's needs are. Some individuals um, would just need like a call button that would call to the offsite um, help and, um, you know, a phone type of assisting. Others are um, much more intense where there's video cameras throughout the home so that if an individual falls in a certain area, they can... Um, the staff that's in that remote location, and that would be one of our other residential homes, could see where that individual is and what kind of support they need. They're also able to communicate um, through um, a camera system that allows for um, the provider at the other residential house to be able to talk to the client that may need um help taking maybe an aspirin or some sort of medication, or if they have a question and they want to see each other face-to-face, -face, um, that that would be available as well. Wow. So how has that program worked out? Really, um, really quite well. With those um, programs, the individuals that live in the homes absolutely love it. They are very proud of... Um, you know, not needing night like, staff there, they'll talk about, I don't, you know, I don't need a babysitter at night or I don't need the, the, the staff there at night. And so, so they're very proud. And it's also, like I said, a very good stepping stone. And we've seen individuals that have went from a residential type setting where they're getting 24-hour cares to the remote monitoring setting, setting where they're only, um, or they don't have the overnight staff and then moving out into their own apartment, which is really the goal Um for the, our agency, and that is to make people as independent as possible so that they they don't need as much care. They don't need the services. I'm guessing that there's an additional benefit that you can make your staff uh, spread farther, help more people with a smaller number. Absolutely. With, with the workforce shortage, I mean, that's three staff that we don't have, you know, in, in those residential sites, and those would be sleep positions because of the of the you know needs there um, we're able to really reduce um, a lot of staffing time but also the financial advantage of not needing to pay for um, somebody to to be in those sites yeah so as far as finances go uh, you are funded by is it are you funded by tax dollars or you take donations um, well our primary funding is through Medicaid and um, it's uh, we're providing the health care service to the individuals. So it's uh, usually a split between the state and federal funding. Um, typically for the individuals um, that we're supporting, they will see, um, you know, those th 
funds come through their their Medicaid programs. We also obviously are a nonprofit, so um, we do receive some donations that allow us to provide services to um, those that wouldn't get services. Much of the time, um, the Medicaid dollars that come are so far below what they need to be to provide the service that um, without subsidies from from our, our donors, we wouldn't be able to provide certain services. Sure. How uh, is your funding pretty stable? Um, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, in fact, this year, what um, we're looking at with the legislative session is a 7% decrease in funding. Um, and we are um, really nervous about that because if that funding um, isn't there, there will be individuals that don't receive services. Sure. So um, when we look at the, the services that our individuals are giving, it's really a nice cost-effective service. If they're not receiving services from us, um, especially those individuals that are living in their own home and we're only providing a few hours of service a week or a day to them, they would need 24-hour care. And they'll have to find it in a nursing home or, um, unfortunately, uh, some of our individuals that are um, – out in the community, if they don't receive support with maybe money management, for example, um, we often end up seeing them come through our criminal justice system. And their housing is quite a bit more expensive when we're looking at them being, you know, incarcerated than it would be if they are um, receiving just a few hours of service to make sure that they're staying stable. So it wouldn't be too much of a leap to say that we're either going to spend uh, as a taxpayer, we're either going to spend our money up front helping people or we're going to pay for them through all of the you know legal and criminal issues that could happen. Like the money's going to get spent one way the or another. The money's going to get spent. And what's so sad is, you know, we'll, we'll see somebody and often we get referrals from the county and uh, somebody may be referred because they are going to the emergency room two or three times a week because they don't understand proper health care. And when we can come in and provide maybe an hour or two of service for them a week to stabilize their health care, um, the tax dollars aren't being spent for emergency room expenses. Sure. They're being spent wisely. Or, um, you know... We're able to, to to keep people safe and at home and working in the community. And, you know, they're paying taxes then instead of um, being more of a burden on, the, on our community. Yeah. So have your personal goals and passions changed over 27 years? I think so. Um, when I first started... Um, services I guess I didn't really I didn't really understand the impact that we could have sure um, how life-changing it could be and the life-changing piece of it um, isn't always just with the individuals we're supporting but the individuals that are coming in contact with our agency um, one of the exciting things that happens every 
um, year is our annual musical. And it's a great example of when a community wraps around and supports one another, what can happen. Um, we're going into our 21st year with the musical this year. And um, it's an integrated musical where we have individuals with developmental disabilities on stage with very talented community members and the talent from our individuals and the community members just blossoms into friendship and um, an, an integrative, um, beautiful um, opportunity for communities to, to build something neat together. What's the uh, musical this year? The musical this year is The Little Mermaid. And boy, we are excited. The costumes are um, coming along. They're pretty incredible. The sets have already been built. Um, our cast has been chosen, and they're they're auditioning. In fact, this year our cast um, we had over I think 130 people that auditioned to be in the cast, and we have um, 30 individuals that we support that will be on stage, and we have a total cast of 90 individuals so it's going to be a a, um, a lot of stuff happening on stage this year <laughs> i will try to catch it this year <laughs> yeah you you know if you haven't had a chance to see it you've got to jump in it's life you know it's just it it's amazing um you put costumes and music and on a stage and it, it's fun and it's it does just, sound like fun. I hadn't actually even been aware of it, despite it having been around for 21 years until, uh, until you and I had talked. And then I asked a few people about it, and apparently everyone knows about it but me. And, yeah. and it does sound like a really good time. Well, our tickets, our sales, um, we sell out in like the last many years we've sold out. Um, so you get your tickets really, really early. I uh, Yeah, <laughs> I'll get on that. <laughs> So it sounds like you definitely get a lot of joy from this job still. Yes. Have there been ha have there been parts of your personality, parts of your passions that have been um, hard to maintain over all this time? I think um, th probably one of the most challenging um, pieces are the individuals that we can't support. And just because of our workforce shortage, um, we know that we only have a capacity to support so many individuals. We can't support everyone. There are individuals that are in need of help that aren't getting helped. And I anticipate that that is going to be a, an ongoing challenge for the next, you know, probably 15 to 20 years. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, you know, it's um, it, it w when it works, it works well. But when you um, you see people that are kind of down and out and looking for help, and you're wondering how you're going to make it happen, that's um, that's hard. Um, I, I feel very blessed, though. We have a, an incredible long, long-term um, staff here. Our employees. Um, full-time employees stick around. It's a good place to work and they're bright people and they're high energy and they really are um, dedicated to our mission. And when we have obstacles, boy, we put that team together and um, we'll find a way to, 
to overcome the obstacles. From what I've seen of it, you do have an amazing team. And the people yeah. that I know that work at HCO are very, they're passionate. Like they, it's not just a job for them. They really are dedicated to what they're doing. And that's really, it's neat to see. Yeah, I think one of the, you know, we look at what we're doing in life and often, you know, I, I hear people reflect back and saying, gosh, I wish, wish I could have made a difference or I wish I would have liked my job or I'm just going to work. And uh, when you're in a field like this, it isn't like that. You know you're making a difference and you know that um, you're changing lives and you know what you're doing is important and um we work with some of the most incredible people that uh, you could ever meet and the friendships that blossom are pretty amazing. So what's next? Assuming, um, assuming funding, you're able to maintain what you have now. What are the goals for the, uh, the organization over the coming years? I would say to continue to be innovative. Um, I think what, sets home and community options apart from any other agency um, is that we've been on the front end of innovation um, and it's we've seen it with our remote monitoring and really being the first um, agencies in the state that have embraced that and made it happen. Um, we have two resource homes, which is a unique model for the state, which we provide support to um, children in, and that's a unique um system that we're using this in the last two years we started an on-call system um, which provides support to not only our, our young staff but um, many individuals that we provide services to that are living in their own um, on the weekends and um, that is something that I believe is um, something that's new to, to the state um, we've been creative in um, how we're providing services for individuals to get medical care. We're one of the few agencies in the state that uses telemedicine. And um, what telemedicine is, is an opportunity for our individuals to um, meet with their psychiatrist through um, electronic means from their own home while the physician is at a clinic um, instead of us going all the way to Fairbolt to have people um, be seen for half an hour and invest time and energy getting them there. Our, our individuals with high behavioral needs can be right at home and the doctors can um, have a very secure conversation with uh, the staff and that individual through um, technology. That's yeah, that is really cool. So you have to have a, uh... Uh, when you say secure, you have to have a special uh, line. Is it software? Do you have a special camera you have to use? Yep. Um, the you know the cameras and all of that are very high tech, so that it's very um, very much visual. But it's also very HIPAA compliant, so that the privacy rights of the individual are always protected. Um, so there's um, no way for individuals to wrongly get to be a part of that meeting or see portions of that meeting it's it's encrypted so that those um, conversations are private between the the provider and the the individual that's cool uh, well i hope that as technology advances you're able to do more with less uh investment of both time and money because that's 
I see that as the way that you'll be able to continue your mission, even with a 7% cut in funding. I hope. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think being smart and using our, our time wisely and um, offering opportunities for people to um, embrace technology so that they're, they're able to stay safe. And, you know, there's so much that's happening so quickly with technology. Who knows where our future will, will bring us with that. Okay, so that brings us to the top three picks. And I know that you're a little new at this section of the show, um, but I believe you showed up with three picks. And the way this works is we go one pick at a time, back and forth. And I will say in advance that my picks are probably going to be very different from yours, but we will do our best to converse about them as they come up. (laughs) Okay, that sounds good. So you get to start. I get to start. Oh my gosh! Um, no, I think this was the hardest part of our whole, you know, conversation. <laughs> trying to think of three things that I'm passionate about. But the first thing was, uh, I think, easy, and it is our young adults. You know, those individuals that are between 20 and 30. We have the most amazing young adults in our world right now. I just am so excited about. Um, you know, is it Generation Y and Zs? They um, are compassionate. And because of, um, you know, just the nature of our work, we, we get to see um, about 150 employees in that age range that come through our doors and um, are working with us on a regular basis. And, man, they're well-rounded. They're well-educated. They have strong values. Um, I just top pick. I am so proud of that generation. I so I'm I'm a little surprised, but I 100% trust you on this. You see way more of them than I do. Um that's actually really cool to hear. Better than us Gen Xers, huh? Yeah, no Gen Xers are <laughs> are, are, are are okay. No, if you're, you know, I you know, I, 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 some of us are pushing on even maybe those baby boomer years. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's there's a lot of stupid things that my generation did, to be honest. And I'm not seeing this generation fall into some of the same traps. That's really hopeful. So, I'm really happy to hear you say that. Uh, my, my faith is always restored when I see younger generations doing things that my generation couldn't. Absolutely. And yeah, just knowing that that I'm going to have to trust that generation as I age, I I have no fear. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go from you providing something broad and hopeful and inspiring to me talking about uh, uh, flash drives. Okay. Let's hear about flash drives. This uh, this pick actually came from uh, Jeff Youngstrom in our uh, kind of little chat group for this show. Um, I I am recording three episodes this week, which means I have to come up with nine picks. Oh. So I I lean on my friends sometimes to help me fill in the blanks. And this one is actually really cool. It's called the Kingston Digital 64 Gigabyte Data Traveler. And it's a little Ooh. like a uh, little like keychain flash drive that holds 64 gigabytes for about $25. And it's super thin. It's just a sliver, uh, not like the full height USB connector, just the the part that actually has the contacts on it. 
and you stick it in. Okay. It's it's durable, waterproof. It's cool stuff. Well, you know what? I think that maybe I'm going to have to get out and I have to do some looking because I am notorious for losing, misusing, <laughs> being nasty to flash drives. So now I've got I've got one that I need to get. A durable one that will fit on your keychain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, you go to um, present at different places, and by the time I get done with it, I'm giving pieces to our tech group, and <laughs> they will. Yeah, if it's on my keychain, they're not going to. I can't lose it. So, yeah, well, there you go. Maybe great. so that might actually be useful to you. I was worried that my picks were going to no, be completely is- off the wall. All well, right. So your second pick. So my turn. Yes. Second pick. Okay. This one is, I'm bringing it down smaller as well, four ray pens. Um, They have advanced ink, ballpoint. My daughter got me hooked on these. You can get them at Office Depot or Office Max. And since I don't have one of those locally, I always order mine online. Um, They have the finest little tip on it so when you have a name like Suzanne Radcliffe Horseman you can get it into the smallest signature box ever has a nice script right smooth thing I like about it best is there's like no drizzling out when it's done with its life it's done it just stops so I have always have a spare but you don't get that kind of that fading out yeah. look when a pen starts to run out so yeah so okay i'm, I'm looking at it on the office depot website it's um is it marker style porous point pen or is nope, that a it's different a ball pen? point needle tip yep it, that's a different one they have um a, a few different ones but it is the the ball point all right I, i'm gonna find it because i need to see this i i like pens i don't actually write very often i sign everything digitally if possible and i take all my notes on a computer um but <laughs> i do love pens. i think that's why i like it so much because me too most of my day i'm spending in front of a screen or you know not writing a ton but when i write i want to have a good utensil to write with so okay i found it now they're not terribly expensive either no, no, you can, I don't know, 15 bucks for a box or something. Yeah, that, see, I'm used to people recommending pens that cost like $40 per pen. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, th- <laughs> I'm nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Cool. My second pick. You're, yeah. Let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah. It's an app called The Skim. Have you seen this? No, not it, at all. It's a news app that gives you the daily updates, like the most important news in a very bite-sized format, whittles it down to just the things you really need to know, and then links that out to where if you want to read more, they provide more, and then also link you out to like full news articles. They have little, uh, they're called daily notes, uh, which are like seven-minute podcasts about specific topics of the day and when you wake up in the morning you can you get your daily skim and it's it takes maybe six minutes to read it all and you walk away much more informed about what's happening right now uh than you would be if you only had time to read half of a full full full-size newspaper 
I like that. So it's like kind of like cliff notes to the world yeah. every day. Yeah. Just that real quick. I could handle that. You want to know yeah. why uh, like a Senate confirmation is making the news? You get all the details. You want to know <laughs> they, they, when they talk about Syria, they they link you to uh, brief ways to actually understand Syria, the current situation in Syria, the history of the conflict in Syria, like stuff that makes stuff make sense in a way that would normally take a lot of research. I like that idea. I like that idea. So right. do you, how, how long have you been getting on in? I, well, I've been using skim for a skim. year. Do you trust it? That's the the big thing that I always I, I mean. Does it seem like the are the links that they're giving you are really high quality places yes. that you know that you're getting? Yes. Okay. I, I actually I have complete faith in it. It's a lot for me. It's a lot like Reuters news, where it's compiled mm-hmm. by uh, in in a nonpartisan way by people who are paying attention to verification and facts, and it kind of relieves the need to. Uh, check sources on everything because I do, after this long, I do trust that they are checking sources on everything. Well, that's good. Good to know. That's, you know, and that's, that's not easy to, I mean, trying to find a, a trustworthy news source sometimes yeah. is a challenge. Have you ever been to All Sites? I haven't. It's uh, All Sides. It's All Sides. Let me find it real quick because you should know this link. It's very cool. Um, it's a it's a news site that lists. It has three columns for left, middle, and right, and it lists the same story as it was presented by various left leaning and right leaning websites, and then kind of the centrist centrist articles on every news story. I just That's have one letter cool. off there. Yeah, it is. It is very handy, and it's it's kind of it's interesting to see how. Uh, one story can be represented by two different viewpoints, like where one can be absolutely ecstatic about something that happened and the other one considers it the end of the world. And then there's the middle with people that are just like, this is what actually happened. Yeah, allsides.com. It's a cool one. Okay, so All right. So I got it down. I'm going to check into those. Great. And what's your third pick? You know... Three is a big number when you're thinking of things that you're really, you know, passionate about. But um, this one, I I had to put down just because it's spring, and I absolutely love thunderstorms. Yeah. And um, I just know that it's the start of spring because we've had a number of those around lately. And you know, it's um, it, it it really just makes my night when you have a thunderstorm. And you can open up your windows, and it's not raining in, but you can see and hear the storm. You know, it's you know nature's way of putting on a concert for you. It's just incredible. And um, I happen to have bedroom windows that overlook the Trempolo River, so you know we have those frogs that are chirping and the breeze that's coming in. And um, I just spring thunderstorms. The uh... and, the storm that happened in Winona earlier this week, maybe over the weekend. Yeah. There was one that it was just a downpour and the thunder was just like a constant roll. 
uh, almost no pauses in it. And I ended up taking a, uh, a, a patio chair out under the eave of the house and just sitting with Elle and, and listening and watching the storm happen. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's, I think they're really underrated so many times and it's just, man, it's amazing. And everything smells so good. And, you know, you can smell the grass and everything growing, the vegetation just like opening up. And um, If you hear a thunderclap, do you turn off the radio and the TV and just open the window? Oh, I absolutely go outside if I'm yeah. not going to get drenched. And yeah. 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 We're yeah. much the same in that regard. I think a lot of people really love thunderstorms my dog didn't uh emma was she she was fine up until she was about probably eight or nine years old and then suddenly thunder just made her like lay on the floor and hyperventilate oh yeah sometimes dogs yeah that's and then and then thunderstorms became stressful for me like i would hear thunder and my first thought would be like oh i gotta get emma's thunder shirt on and we gotta find her a a quiet place (laughs) to weather the storm and even after she had passed, like, I still, when I hear thunder, that's still my first instinct. Is how she's going to respond. But, but I'm getting, I'm getting back to just, just enjoying them. All right. Good pick. Not something I can link to on Amazon, but oh. an awesome pick. All right. So my last one is very easily linked on Amazon. It is the Amazon Basics Laminator. Oh, I honestly, I love having a laminator. I end up laminating unnecessary things because I have, you know, a hundred laminator sheets and I can, but. (laughs) but, (laughs) What are you laminating? (laughs) Well, so I want to leave instructions for a house sitter, like, uh, like the list of pet (laughs) instructions. I laminate mine because I feel like it's that extra touch that makes people go. Wow, I really like working here. They laminate their instructions. I, none of it's actually useful. I just really like having a laminator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we we have a laminator that we yeah we use a <laughs> laminator too, but I can't say that I've ever um, laminated my house instructions. <laughs> you that, can make little I, tags. It is a special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not a pick that deserves a a lot of discussion, but I feel like it says something about me that I love laminators and I can't really explain why. Is it the durability? I don't know. No, I think it's, I think it's the nerdiness. I, oh, I the fact <laughs> the fumes that come off of them. I don't so the know. reason I actually got it is um, uh, L has an Arc notebook. Have you seen those? It's a system. I think it's from Office Depot and it's uh, like six discs and you it's like this whole modular notebook system where the six discs become like the ring binder for it and all the different things you can stick into it have the six notches. So then you can build notebooks of any size and any complexity and you can have sections with like to-do lists, check boxes, you can have sections for notes and you can build it any way you want to. So the laminator, I actually, initial reason for getting it was so we could make custom covers for ARC notebooks and got the, oh. the special hole punch for it and everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess there was a reason initially. And then I just began to enjoy having a laminator. 
But enough about me and my laminator. <laughs> so uh, HCO can be found at hco.org. And right. people can read up on uh, what you do and yep. mission statements, things like that. Missions, how to get in contact with us. They can learn more about the musical. And there's actually a couple different clips on there that they can watch um, kind of uh, musical um, promotion. That's pretty cool. Can I buy tickets right through the website? Um, that you will get... No, <laughs> you can't. Not unless um, if you become a sponsor, then it will lead. You can um, do it off the website, and it'll bring you back into the agency. But um, actually, we go through um, Page Theater and okay. they have their ticket. So if anyone's listening in Winona, get your tickets through Page Theater. Yeah, yeah. And outside of Winona, people probably aren't going to be interested in the musical, but. Still. Oh, man, you, you <laughs> if you're interested in a really neat experience and you've got time in June, come to Winona. We've got Steamboat Days and a whole lot of fun going on, including the musical. Well, and with all the tech you guys are building up, you should just live stream the musical. Well, you know, this year we could probably get closer to doing that. Sometimes we have problems with the copyright. Ah, um, sure. Last year we couldn't even videotape it, but this year... Um, we would be able to do a little bit more with it. Cool. All right. And then uh, you're also on Facebook at hco.inc. Yes. And, and uh, is that is that an active page? Do people it communicate is. We usually, there? Yep. We um, usually post stuff out about twice a um, week, and you can kind of keep in touch with us and all the neat things that are going on in our world. And um, we definitely like to hear about what's going on in your world and um, that's a, a good place to do that. Do, uh, do you post updates on uh, some of the clients and success stories? Yes, we awesome. do. Um, in fact, we had a number of individuals that spoke up at the Capitol to our legislators, and we had some neat posts that happened um, in regards to that. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. This has been a, a fun conversation about something that I, uh, I really, I didn't, I didn't fully understand the extent of home and community options in Winona until you and I, until you gave me a tour of the place and it was way bigger than I expected. And I had no idea there were 350 employees and this was all clearly I'm, I'm out of. We're a gem hidden <laughs> in our community. <laughs> you, you truly are. So thank you for coming to talk about it. Okay. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was really nice visiting. All right. I'm going to be promoting MaxDoc 2018 for the next few months. So here's your reminder for this episode. I'll be at MaxDoc this year, giving a talk amidst an awesome speaker lineup. If you haven't signed up yet and you can make it to the Chicago area, July 21st and 22nd, head to maxdocconferenceandexpo.com. If you use the coupon code IndieNerd, you can get $70 off a weekend pass. It's a great chance to meet up with your favorite Mac and iOS loving podcasters, bloggers, personalities, as well as fellow Apple lovers. Visit max.conferenceandexpo.com and use the coupon code IndieNerd, I-N-D-I-E-N-E-R-D. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Systematic. You can find me at brettterpstra.com and as TT Scoff on every platform, including Facebook, Twitter, GitHub, Last.fm, and probably a bunch you've never heard of. 
Just search for TTSCOFF. You can also find Systematic on Twitter. So to tweet at me and my guest and for updates and announcements, follow Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T. If you're loving Systematic, don't forget to go leave an inspiring iTunes review. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.